1: Hi, I'm Allie Raisman. I've been living with migraine for a while. As an athlete and gymnast, I was taught to just power through the pain. Now I use Ubrelvi or Ubrojapan to treat my migraine attacks. As soon as I feel a migraine attack, I take Ubrelvi, which provides me with quick relief. Once I get relief, I go on with my day. I'm partnering with Ubrelvi to share my migraine story.
0: Ubrelvi quickly stops migraine in its tracks within two hours without worrying where you are. Most people had quick pain relief within two hours. Ubrelvi treats migraine attacks in adults and is not for prevention. It's available by prescription only. Do not take Ubrelvi with strong CYP3A4 inhibitors. Tell your healthcare provider about all the medicines you take. Most common side effects are nausea and tiredness.
1: My hope is that by sharing my migraine story and the relief I get from Ubrelvi, it can help someone else.
0: Ask your doctor about Ubrel-V, the anytime, anywhere migraine medicine. Learn more at UbrelV.com
1: or call 844 ubrelvy Sponsored by
0: AbbVie. I've confronted hundreds of men over two decades. I have been in television for 24 years. I just came to get something to eat. And I have very seldom been at a loss for words. I'm just going to get something to eat. Men online looking for children to sexually assault. What's the motive here? Explain to me. I'm no, you're of, right.
1: No, like, you're, right. you're right. It's stupid. It's, it's not. Y- it's not, an no. illegal thing. Yeah, I know. I did a stupid thing.
0: Men from all walks of life. A doctor, a teacher, a clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there. You know I'm in trouble and I know I'm in trouble. I tried to get into their heads and understand why. pizza we have tonight. I, I, I want to know who you are. I want to know a little bit more about you first. Can I eat first? Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza. And ultimately, make sure they face justice. You ask her if she's a virgin. I ask everybody all kinds of stuff. It's just talk. You ask her if she's horny. What's wrong with that? You ask if she does anal. It's a
1: question. Question.
0: Who are they? Have they tried to prey on other children? And where are they now? These are the predators I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen. One of the fascinating things to me about the predators I've caught is the fine line between offending and fantasizing. And what is it exactly that pushes a predator over the line? Especially when you have a predator who, on the surface, is a very religious, law-abiding human being. And that is the case with Matthew Cogburn which I think is one of the most fascinating cases of all the hundreds we've dealt with. Matthew Cogburn was 22 years old when he surfaced in our Georgia investigation, Fortson, in Georgia. And by all accounts, all of his social media, all of his activities He was a church-going, clean-cut, hard-working kid with a college education who had never been in trouble with the law. Now, when I get into the chat logs here in a minute, you'll see that he had a dark side, a wild side, a side that had a fantasy that he wanted to fulfill with not just one 14-year-old girl, but at least two we know of, at least two who were Decoys, working with Perverted Justice Online, in our investigation. And he paid a big price for that. And it's interesting, and remember this as we talk about Matthew Cogburn, CENT Georgia Guy 04, C-E-N-T-G-A Guy 04, meaning, I presume, Central Georgia Guy 04. And then he had a second screen name. He was using Tall Matt. Anyway, Matthew... Did his prison time. And I'll get into the sentence and the probation sex offender registration a little later. But he did his time and got out and went to work at a manufacturing facility. But he also carved out a niche for himself as an artist. And I became interested in reconnecting with Matthew. Because he seemed to genuinely be one of the guys, one of the predators I've caught, who turned their life around and was a very productive member of society, who learned a lesson. And and Matthew's in that age group that I think is the most potentially able to never re-offend. And he opened up an art studio and had an online presence. And I reached out to Matthew hmm, eight months ago to see if he would do an interview for this podcast. And I tried pretty hard. I reached out a number of times and he never got back to me. And that's not unusual with these guys. They don't want to relive this experience. But I do think it would be helpful. And we will get some of the predators I've caught on this podcast. We're close in a couple of cases to talk about what they did, why they did it, where they are today. But Matthew is somebody I'd still like to talk to. Anyway, Matthew was online, Central Georgia Guy 04. And this was at a time during an investigation in Georgia, Ports in Georgia, which was not far from uh, Columbus, where we had a house set up in a rural area And it was ideal. We were working with the Harris County, Georgia Sheriff's Department. They had set up a task force, Secret Service, some federal agents were involved. And the judicial system in Georgia takes these cases very seriously. These are among the highest sentences of any of the original predator investigations. And you've heard me talk about this before, but we had a big challenge during the Georgia investigation. On a Saturday, there was a major fire in Silicon Valley, and that fire disrupted power to Yahoo, which meant the contributors from Perverted Justice couldn't contact any of the predators, couldn't give directions to the house. And this was a bit of a, a difficult house to find because it was in such a rural area. So it ended up halting our investigation for several days but Matthew Cogburn found his way over. As I mentioned, Matthew was 22. He had a social media page, MySpace at the time, where he said his hero was God. And he also said that Jesus rocks. And he extolled the virtues of being a church-going religious young man. And again, no sign of trouble. Until he got into the chat room. Now we don't know if this was his first time, I tend to doubt it based upon the nature of the chat. He makes it sound like he's experienced in planting the seed of a sexual liaison with an underage girl. But it also takes us inside the moral struggle that Matthew was having and how he was battling his own demons. But let me take you into the chat here. And it gets dirty pretty fast. By all accounts, Matthew was not only religious, but was a virgin. And he had talked on social media about how he was saving himself for marriage. But pretty quickly in this conversation, he would talk about all kinds of sexual activity. The conversation starts out like this. Central Georgia guy, '04 4 says, Hey, chick, how are ya? I'm your girl. Who is posing as a 14-year-old, says, Hiya. He says, how's life treating you today? Good, and you, she says. I can't complain. Taking a break from the heat right now. Been washing a camper. So what are you up to this summer, he asks. She says, the fan is eating my hair. Ha ha ha. LOL, that could be a bad thing. I moved it, she says. You looked at my profile yet? They talk about the lack of a page, and then she finds it, and then uh, he says, Okay, well, I'm seeking some naughty fun. Now, this is literally seconds into the conversation. Don't know if you're up for that kind of thing or not. I want to see, she says. See what? He says. And then she asks, are you in Georgia too? Yes, I live down near Macon. How about you? Yeah, I'm in Harris County. Where is that? She explains. So you like naughty stuff, he asks. What have you done, if you don't mind me asking? So there's very little foreplay. He gets right into what he wants. And in just a minute, he's going to find out and confirm that in fact she's 14. Now it says clearly in I'm Your Girl's Profile that she is 14 and there's a picture that's unmistakably underage but it gets confirmed here in a moment in the chats what all have you done? I've like gone to third base she says and Oral you like Oral? he asks yeah I'm Angel by the way so they're all the way into the sex talk before he even asks or she even volunteers what is supposed to be her real name which is Angel righty. can you deep throat? deep throat. That's what he asks this early in the conversation. What's that? Says the decoy posing as a 14-year-old girl. Might have to show you later. Hey, sorry about that. It's okay. So what have you not done that you have heard about that you would like to try? She asks, so what do you look like? I'm 6'5", 210 pounds, short sandy blonde hair, blue eyes. You sound sexy. How old are you? And then he asks... Are you really 14? Yeah. Why? No reason I'm 21. Well, actually, he was 22 at the time. Is that too old for you? No, she says. So you ever met anyone off here? No, but I just moved, so I thought I'd try. You have someone that could give you a ride to a place? Or you're living with someone who doesn't care who picks you up? So right away, he wants her to meet him. The initial discussion isn't about him going to our sting house. Depends, because this weekend, rents are gone, meaning your parents. So you are free this weekend? Yeah. So we could hang out at your house? Yeah. What all could we do? Movie? Hot tub? We could do all of it. We have a jacuzzi. Really? Awesome, he says. You playing it any? I'd like to play with you, she says. No, we just moved. So you have a jacuzzi now, or you had one? now? Gotcha. Have lots of jets? We'll talk about the jacuzzi. You get in when your parents aren't around, he asks? Not yet, but I put a hand in it. LOL, okay. How big is it? More jacuzzi talk. Then he turns back to his mission. So how do you feel about sex? You want birth control or are you sticking with condoms? Condoms. You really tight, he asks. Yeah, I'm tight. Gotcha. That's what I thought. How many fingers you get it? I've seen this before. The predator asks these very disturbing questions. Now, remember, he knows that the girl is supposed to be 14. There is no doubt. The picture, the profile, she confirms it, no doubt. He confirms that he's older. Then he says... I'm in and out of the room, got to get back to the camper after it cools off some. Hey, if I come over, you don't have any neighbors that would be ratting on you, do you? He's worried about the neighbors. No, they don't care what I do, she says. So where did you move from? I've moved a million times because of my dad's army. Now, this is interesting because this part of Georgia is very much near an army base. We knew that going in. And right back to the sex talk. Hey, do you have a gag reflex? It's hard for me to throw up, she says. I'm about to throw up just reading this transcript. Okay, well, do you want to know what deep-throating is? Mm -hmm. I have a feeling he's going to tell us. It's where you take the guy's whole dick in your mouth, where it goes to the back of your throat. Wow, she says. Think you could handle that? Yeah, I do. Now, this is one of those guys who I wish I would have thought to ask, you know, how he swears all this with his deep faith in God at church. But as you'll hear in a little bit, our conversation wasn't that long. But it was enlightening, nevertheless. We'll get to that shortly. I have to go now, she says, but be on later. Yeah, I'll be on. Hey, let's shoot for this weekend. It's my birthday. And my parents are leaving Saturday afternoon and I have to work Saturday night, so maybe Saturday afternoon we could meet up. Now he's going to get a birthday gift, all right. The former Chris Hansen. She says, yeah, let's do that for your birthday. Sounds good to me. Where at in Harris County are you? Because it'll take me like two hours to get there. They talk more about the locations. And he pulls up the map on his computer eventually. And then it's back to more sex talk. He says, you can't wait till Saturday for what? To see you, she says. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, right back at you. I show you my pick later today, he says. Damn, my dad said that we not leaving for like five more minutes. LOL. And I'm like at the door, he's a dumbass. Does he know you chat online? He don't care, but no. So when you had sex before, did it hurt? I mean, you being tight and all? Because if you can only fit two fingers, I'll stretch you some and I don't want you to be hurting. Oh, what a nice guy. I can practice. You got toys, he asks? What are you going to practice with? Sorry, with a cucumber, like at school. You do that at school? What, in the bathroom or something? You don't moan a lot. No, like they teach at school. What? Teach what? They teach how to use condoms that way. My dad's yelling, I gotta go. Conversation ends. And then they get back on. You want to try that deep-throating I was talking about earlier? Yeah, I will. What if all we did was oral? Would you be okay with that, he asks? You? Yeah, I'd be okay with it. I mean, if we have sex, then hell yeah, but I'd love to do oral. Did you like third base? Yeah. Want to do it again? Yes, she says. Who gave out first, you or him? You bring the condoms, right, she asks. Yeah, I can bring some. Cool, she says. I don't want to get priggers. I don't want you to either. What else you want me to bring? Mike's hard lemonade and a birthday cake, she says. We can have a good birthday. Then he says... And this is, I don't know where you even come up with something like this. Why don't we make our cum the lemonade and you my cake? That's a clever fellow there. Again, he knows she's 14. I don't drink, sorry, he says. You don't drink because of your religious beliefs, but you're okay having sex with a 14-year-old girl, talking about deep-throating and everything else. When you had sex before, he asks, did you come a lot? Felt so good, she says. Did you have a lot of juice come out of your pussy? Yeah, all white and stuff. Wait till you have a guy eat you out, give you oral sex. Can't wait, she says. Some girls squirt cum, they have such an extreme orgasm. Really? Yep. That would be funny, she says. Again, having a childlike but curious attitude. When you had sex before, who stopped first? Did you outlast him? He stopped. Think you could have gone much longer? I know. Okay, then. You're kind of cocky, aren't you? Sometimes. What position did you do it in? Kind of side by side. Any position you've seen that you want to try? Finally, he says, well, hey, I need to get some sleep. I got to work all day tomorrow. I'll catch you tomorrow night. Sleep good, she says, always. Don't dream about me too much. Not too much, just a lot. Ha ha, she says. Hey, you might want to go ahead and start practicing. I'm seven inches. Might give you something to dream about. Sleep tight. Wow. What a guy. How deep are you? Do you know? No. You got a lot of things to try. I never measure, she says. You think you could take all seven in? Yeah, probably. Hey, are your nipples sensitive? Yeah. Cool. You let me suck on them? Yeah, I like that. Well, seriously, would love to chat more, but I'm gone for now. Tomorrow night, hon. KK, sleep good. You too. There's more chats. And now he wants to see how far this date will go. When it comes to us having fun, what will be off-limits? Why would something be off-limits? She says. Well, I know some people don't like to be open-minded about sex and all, like anal and stuff. I'm no prude, she said. So you are interested in trying? Like what stuff? Anal? Something in both? 69? Like what in both? Maybe a dick in your pussy while I finger your ass or vice versa? Your parents have any cucumbers in the fridge? No. Squash? I don't think so. Carrots? Anything long and skinny? If that's cool, we can work with what we got. What a guy. You there? Yeah, I am. I think we have carrots. Cool. I'm going to try to get some sleep, she says. And there's more mundane chat. And then the final chat before he shows up. Just remember to bring condoms, she says. We'll do I don't want to get sick, me either. Would you let me go in a couple of times without a condom to see what you feel like, raw? You won't get me sick, will you? She must be pregnant, but morning sickness. Now, before he walks in, we learn that Matthew Cogburn, under a different screen name, Tall Matt, has been chatting with another perverted justice contributor posing as a 14-year-old girl. The conversation is very much the same. There's talk of deep throat, all kinds of other sexual activity. Again, he's very, very clear on his age and the decoy, the contributor, is very, very clear on hers. In this conversation, he admits that he's still a virgin. He does this again later in his police interrogation. She says she's a virgin as well. Now, he's talking about coming to Columbus on Saturday for the other girl and it appears that he's ensuring his having sex with a 14-year-old girl by backing up this other date just in case the first one he's coming to to meet Angel doesn't work out. Well, what's going to work out is that he gets caught by me. So, here comes Matt driving up and we see him in the monitor and he gets out of his Car. He's wearing shorts and a t-shirt, and he comes walking right in. Now, our on-site decoy, Emily, was a brunette. Very effective. She was very, very clever and uh, very good at what she did for us. Looked much younger than she was. But she was a brunette, and our pal Matthew Cogburn was looking for a blonde. So we had to improvise and think at our feet, and we had a wig. And I can't honestly say that it looked realistic, but it was a blonde wig and it worked at the time. He later says, Matthew Cogburn does, to police that he noticed it was a wig, but he went ahead anyway. He'd later say that he was suspicious about a lot of things, but he still was going to go through with it. More about this predator I've caught in a moment. So here he comes. Take a listen to how this first conversation between our decoy Emily, posing as Angel, 14-year-old girl, and Matthew Cogburn goes. Hi, come on in.
1: I just got to put this in the dryer real quick. Okay. Just take a seat, because if I don't put this in the dryer, it gets really
0: wrinkled.
1: Don't get in a lot of trouble. Come on into the kitchen and take a seat. I need to make some all off now. All right.
0: Why don't you have a seat there and uh, get comfortable for that? You had a feeling what was going to happen. So no, I knew I had to... Go ahead, sit please. No. Well, no, this is, I need to talk to you about a couple of things, and I think you're going to want to talk about it. It's going to take a few minutes, so why don't you have a seat? Cogburn has a quick conversation with the decoy, who says she's got to attend to some laundry. And pretty quickly, I walk out to do the confrontation. I get the sense that he might be antsy might want to leave and once I walk out and make my introduction which you just heard he almost instantly I believe recognizes me in what he's walked into he'd later say he suspected it and that I treated him roughly put him down in his words now he's pacing a little bit and I tell him to have a seat on the stool as I always do ask him to take his hands out of his pockets and I start to ask him questions about his intent that day Is this called the, um, news? I'm sorry yeah, Is this
1: the national news all that stuff which
0: one are you talking about
1: i to do on 13 or, or NBC. NBC? Yeah. You mean like Deadline? Yeah. you okay, need you to keep your hands out of your pockets. Go ahead. Push your time? I, I'm, I'm just don't go to Okay.
0: What was your plan here today?
1: I, I can't answer that as I want to because I've been in a struggle myself with what I want to do because I'm, I'm still a virgin and I just, yeah, i I think stupid uh, did this.
0: He tells me that he has had this internal struggle, these feelings that he wanted to have sex with a girl. And he admits that he knew the girl he was here to see was 13 or 14 years old. How old are you? Uh, 22. 22. And how old was the girl you were chatting with? Uh, the girl said she was 13 or 14. 13 or 14. And you... Thought that it would be okay to come over here and visit a young girl home alone. No, I to think it was okay. But now, I'm looking at this chat log here. Yeah. 16 minutes into this discussion, you ask if she can do deep throat Explain that. No reason to explain. No reason to explain. How do you feel about sex? You on birth control, or are you sticking with condoms? And this is a clean cut kid, right? This is not someone who's got the word predator tattooed across his forehead. And if you were to check his social media footprint, you would see nothing but, you know, clean cut things. Where he goes to church, how he believes in God, how he's saving himself for marriage. He tells me that too. He tells me right away that he's a virgin. Like that's going to somehow help him here. You got toys? Is, is there any? Well, I want you to square that with what's on your MySpace website, where you talk about Jesus rocks. That's the struggle, interested In heroes, God, you're, duh. You're going to do that, you're that. So he wants to leave. He doesn't want to talk about this anymore. He says that's the struggle, and he starts to walk away from the kitchen down the hallway towards the front door. And at this point, I tell him what I think he already knows, which is, I'm Chris Hansen. And I explain what I'm doing to catch a predator. And that's also the signal for the cameras to come out. Now, we've recorded the whole thing, obviously, on hidden cameras and with hidden microphones, but this is where the crews come out, the boom mics and all that. So he's walking down the hallway, not running, and I don't know precisely what's in his mind, but I'm guessing he knows law enforcement's waiting for him, unless he has only seen the first two episodes of our investigations where law enforcement wasn't involved. But he walks to the front door, and finally, I push him to answer one last question. Well, you need to know that I'm Chris Hansen with Dateline NBC, and we're doing a story on adults who try to meet teamed online. If there's anything else you'd like to tell us, we'd like to hear it. Otherwise, you're obviously uh, free to be on your way. Be careful. Keep your jeans in your jeans. Keep your what? Jeans in your jeans. Jeans in your jeans. That's very much. That's right. His last words to me, as he's standing on the front porch of this sting house, are be careful, keep your jeans in your jeans. Now, it took me a minute to process that. But what he was saying was, keep your genetic material inside your pants. Apparently, don't go have sex with a 14-year-old girl. And with that, he walks down the sidewalk and he's arrested by the Harris County Sheriff's Department and the rest of the task force.
1: Get on the ground. Get down on the ground! Don't wait there. Damn, man!
0: He doesn't resist. He gets right down on the ground and they arrest him pretty quickly. And he's taken away to the sheriff's department where he gets questioned again. And the detective asks him a rather open ended question How to go with the house today? And here's what he says how to go with the house
1: today? I'm just curious. I pulled up um, in front of the house, like she had said. Got out and she was coming out the door. And I saw she had a wig on. I was like, "This is odd." I, mean, I had I had a little bit of suspicion before I even got there. Did you engage with the gentleman that talked to you? Yeah, yeah. I, what happens with that? I don't know. I'm just asking me questions about it. Just trying. To, I, I took it. I took offense to it. I thought he was trying to put me down. I Man, I was going I was gonna walk out initially.
0: That's right. He took offense to it because he thought I was putting him down. Well, maybe you shouldn't go to a home where you think a 14-year-old is alone. Try to have sex with her. He was booked, and he also told the detectives that he had this struggle, and he knew it was wrong what he was doing. He knew it was wrong to even have these discussions online, but he couldn't control himself. He couldn't control this internal struggle. And he later says that maybe this was exactly what he needed to get back on track i've
1: been in a i don't say a mental struggle but i didn't solely deep down I didn't have any intentions to do anything i, I enjoyed meeting new people um and it's as weird as it just sounds like you know i've been able to talk the way i talk and This is my punishment
0: That's right He says previously he's been able to go online And talk the way he talks without acting on it But this time he crossed the line And this time He's going to get punished Now he seems very contrite and very sorry But we also have a recording Of his phone conversation He had with a perverted justice Contributor earlier When he was getting ready to come over
1: Hello Hello this is Matt. Hey, it's Angel. Hey, what's up? Nothing. What are you doing? I'm heading your way. Where are you at? Uh, I'm actually in Macon right now because I I live on the opposite end of Macon. So, oh, okay. Yeah, and it's about hour and a half, hour forty five minutes from Macon. I thought maybe you were still asleep. No, I I, I actually woke up at eleven. Um, I usually don't sleep. A whole lot. I get about three hours in the morning. Then when I get back home uh, in the afternoon, I'll take a nap. Uh, okay. So you'll still be here like one? Something uh, like- probably more so tail end of it, around near near two. Okay. Is that cool? Yeah, that's cool. It's okay. All righty. Well, uh, Kay. you want me to? What's the setup for your house? Just pull up front and park or what? Yeah, you can just park in the driveway. All right. Okay, I'll see you later. All right. Okay, bye.
0: And so you can hear from that conversation. This is on his way over. And he thinks he's talking to the same 14-year-old girl he was chatting with online. As sorry as he was and as much of a struggle he claims later to be having, he doesn't seem to be struggling in that phone conversation. He seems to be merely trying to make sure he gets there, parks where he's supposed to park, doesn't create any suspicion with nosy neighbors. And he is going to fulfill this mission of having sex with a 14-year-old. Ultimately, Cogburn was found guilty of charges related to molesting a child and he was sentenced to 10 years in prison with a minimum of 4 years to serve followed by probation and lifetime sex offender registration he served 2 years in prison and he's still on probation to this day he will continue to be on probation until the year 2025 and as I mentioned he's still is a registered sex offender. He's stayed out of trouble as far as we can tell. He has a job at a manufacturing facility, and he has his art business. Now, again, I walk a fine line with telling people exactly what these guys are up to. I don't want anybody to harass or go after these guys. They've served their sentences, and unless they're doing something wrong again, they should be allowed to live within the law. If they violate the law, that's a different story. But I was motivated to reach out to Matthew because of his turnaround story. I thought maybe it was a story of redemption. He was successfully involved in the art community. And he did have a website up talking about his art. And that's how I reached out to him. It's interesting because he took his website down last year and it appears to be around the time I reached out to him. Now that might be a coincidence, I don't know for sure. But he did publish something on the bio section of his website and he addresses his arrest in our investigation and it's rather lengthy but I think it's important for me to share it with you. A little bit about me. I grew up in a small southern town in a loving family. I am blessed to have had a wonderful childhood filled with family vacations, church camps, mission trips, and many wonderful memories. My early childhood, creativity consisted of Legos and Tonka trucks and a big pile of dirt that I flattened out over a span of about eight years. I was always a good student excelling in academics, music, and sports. Art was never something that was pushed for me to pursue, and I did very little with art after my ninth grade year. During my high school years, he writes, I was active in many church and extracurricular activities. But like many young males my age, I began to struggle with desires I didn't understand and wasn't sure how to handle. Being a good Christian, I didn't think it was something I should talk about, but rather handle on my own. Outwardly, everyone thought I was handling things and had everything under control. Well, needless to say, I wasn't handling it, and I continued to fake out people as I moved away to college, and I began to live two separate lives. One that everyone got to see, and one that only I could see. I began to seek pleasure in online chat rooms, and soon I was like an addict, looking for my next fix. Talking to random women and meeting on occasion became my drug, and it wasn't just the talking or meeting, it was what I got out of it the pleasure, either mentally or physically, that was my drug. That eventually led me to caring less and less about who I talked to, to get my fix. After several years of doing this and hiding it from everyone and being in what my therapist would later call the perfect storm, I entered an adult chat room for the last time. The person I began talking with turned out to be an impersonator posing as a 14-year-old. As some professional would say, I was already past the point of no return. I was after my next fix and continued to talk with this person about inappropriate things and after talking a few times decided I wanted to meet up with her. On that day in 2006, I made a choice that would forever change the course of my life and the lives of everyone who loved and cared about me. I found myself caught in a sting operation and was arrested. The exposure was humiliating and devastating more than words can describe. I found myself in a place of total surrender. I lost everything. My integrity, the trust of my parents, family, and friends. So instead of leaving to go back to college, I went to prison. This would begin my road to recovery, which meant being myself to everyone without having a dark side. I now know that I had undiagnosed and untreated OCD, Obsessive Compulsive Disorder. As anyone who has dealt with the prison system knows, there is no supportive treatment or therapies, it is simply a human warehouse. There are many lonely days looking at white walls. You are forced to confront your demons and with help of family and friends who continue to provide support, you begin to heal. While in prison, I saw a few other prisoners passing the time drawing. As soon as I got my hand on a pen, I began to do the same, which soon became my therapy, more so when I got a hold of a pencil. I picked up many new techniques and tricks and began to draw portraits. I spent hours and hours drawing. I did many portraits for other prisoners to give as gifts to family and sent many drawings home to my parents and friends. Drawing was my mental escape from prison. I later recognized that this desire to draw, realistically, was my OCD coming out on paper. Instead of focusing on things as in the past, I became obsessed with details in my artwork. I was incarcerated for 722 days of my life – that's eight days short of two years 722 days that I was left out of so many events and special occasions Two of my closest friends got married Both had a kid My brother died My dad went on motorcycle rides without me I missed hanging ornaments on the Christmas tree with my mom And missed all the major holidays for two years I never once questioned my faith or lost hope throughout my incarceration Sometimes it's all you have left Although this was the toughest thing I have ever endured, the amazing thing is that I endured it. It taught me to truly value those who are close to me and not waste time seeking empty relationships that would not better me. I found out firsthand that the media does not speak the truth and that they will use whatever you say against you if necessary. We know that's not true, but everybody's allowed to have their point of view. I learned the true value of being able to be there for family and friends and that those who love you will stick with you through thick and thin. I know what it's like to lose everything and only have hope. I saw God work in ways I never thought possible and do things only He could. I found that not being able to be there for my friends and family was one of the hardest things I ever dealt with, especially being a very sociable and family-oriented person. I found out who my true friends were and they were not from Facebook or MySpace or any social network. They were the friends I grew up with that knew me for more than what happened and stood up for me when others made negative comments. I found out the true meaning of grace, even though I was rejected by a church and many people. What I did was wrong and will always be part of the past. I will not let it define me or hold me back regardless of what people think. He goes on to say that, I didn't draw much after being released from prison because I promptly went back to work at my last place of employment. My boss held my job for me for those two years as promised. He hired me prior to my conviction, knowing what I had done, but he could see the potential I had and decided to give me a chance. He's a major part of why I am where I am today. I also got help with my OCD that helped out tremendously. For the past few years, work has been my life and I have often been asked why I don't draw for a living. After years of hearing positive comments and some gentle persuasion, I have finally decided to make a website and try my hand at being a starving artist. I hope you enjoy my artwork, and thank you for taking the time to read my bio. I have left out a tremendous amount of detail as an effort to keep it short and just give you a snapshot of my life. And truly, except for the part about claiming that there were falsehoods in the media. I was there. I read the transcripts. I did the interview. I interviewed the police. I know it's all true, what he did and what you saw and what you hear in this episode. But it is enlightening, I think, to hear somebody who realized what they did was wrong. And as far as we can tell, has turned his life around. And I think you have to respect that. And Matthew Cogburn, if you're listening, I would like to talk to you not just as one of the predators I've caught, but as a man who got through it, served his time, and has moved on with his life. This week's question comes from Mary in Syracuse.
1: Hi Chris, this is Mary from Syracuse, New York. I've been a big fan of the show for years and I'm really enjoying the podcast. Here's my question. Obviously the investigations that you do are very serious and many of the predators you encounter could have been extremely dangerous to children but i think we can all agree that there have been some real laugh out loud moments on the show over the years are there specific times you remember really struggling to keep a straight face thanks keep up the great work
0: thanks mary for that yes there have been times that were unmistakably humorous and again i appreciate you respecting the fact that this is such a serious important topic and the real reason we do it is to create awareness and a dialogue that will encourage parents to have this discussion with children to keep them safe online but yeah when John Kennelly walks in naked and suggests that he wasn't going to do anything and then we catch him at a McDonald's the next day trying to meet a boy again and he tells me that he's having therapy and I say well John it's not working that's a humorous moment when another fellow walks in naked into a predator sting house in Fort Myers Florida Marvin after talking about involving a cat and cool whip in his sexual liaison with a young teen girl There is a darkly humorous moment there. And when you see Marvin, naked, walking across the living room, thinking he's going to open the door where his date is, and instead he sees me, that's pretty humorous. And when he starts to spin his defense, and I look at him and I say, Marvin, you're naked. Well, that's one of those lines that will live on in infamy. Maybe somewhat humorous infamy as part of Predator lore. Mary, thank you so much and thank you everyone for joining me for this episode of Predators I've Caught. You can catch me at any time on Cameo, Discovery Plus with a couple of documentaries there. My YouTube channel, I have a See with Chris Hansen, which will have some new Predator content soon and some new crime content soon. Also, the upcoming... Digital Crime Network, True Blue, which we'll have more details on very soon. And as always, you can reach out to me here, whether you are a listener or whether you are Matthew Cogburn of Predator at Chris at PredatorPodcast.com. I'll be watching and listening.